Welcome to Prime Suspects, where we bring you an insider's look behind the counter of Prime Sports. I'm your host, Matt Landis, joined by Joe Brennan Jr. and Adam Bjorn. And guys, as we're recording this Tuesday, November 21st, two days before Thanksgiving in the United States, first off, happy early Thanksgiving. And second, something we'll touch on later on in the show in more detail. Lots of action this week across the sporting calendar. So I'm wondering for the two of you and your realm, how much is Thanksgiving a holiday for bookmakers as well versus Thanksgiving perhaps requiring some overtime to defend a big attack surface against some opportunistic betters? Well, for me, I mean, Thanksgiving was never really a thing till I moved this side of the world. And every Thanksgiving Thursday, it's early morning to late night. And then they just seem to be piling on the Friday now. It takes for four or five days of nonstop. So there's definitely more overtime. Get some turkey in there in between, but it's all work for those four days. Joe, same on your end. That's really great for our team. We only opened there, what, mid-September soft launch. And this is the first time that the reality is going to set in for a lot of our younger people who are like, hey, guess what? By the way, you work on uh, Thanksgiving and you work on Christmas. All those holidays that you used to celebrate with friends, yeah, they're not holidays for you anymore. You're watching from a distance. So it's a little tough. Reminds me of my college days at USC. The, the most coveted internship was with the Lakers. And to get that internship, it was required that you work Christmas Day. And for a 19 or 20 year old, that could be a shock to the system. But, but like you said, maybe just a reality of working in this space if you really have the passion for it. So guys, let's get to it from the opportunities of a full holiday betting slate to the opportunity cost of a headline coming out of week 11 in the NFL as we go into the latest from inside Prime Sports. Guys, in the context of Joe Burrow's season-ending injury, a lot of recreational books will be mourning the loss of a superstar quarterback and thus a lot of action that comes from betters with more of a hometown bias. Joe, from your perspective, how, if at all, does this affect Prime Sports as an Ohio operator? I don't think it's going to really affect as much at all because I think it's the inverse. You know, Ohio is one of the capitals of football. It's Canton, Ohio is where the, the NFL was born. The Browns and the Bengals, they have really, really deep fan bases that they haven't had a seen they haven't seen a whole lot of success recently. You know, yeah, it's disappointing what happened to Joe Cool. But you know, at the same time, the other side of the state, you have the Browns unexpectedly there at seven and three. They both have fan bases, casual betters that they'll continue to bet on the team. I think it's elsewhere that you'll probably see, if, if any, affect the non-Ohio better, the non-hometown better, who will see, you know, Joe Cool's demise as, well, I'm just going to be passing on that team. I won't consider them for my baked up parlay or anything like that. And Adam, from your perspective, is there anything that changes on your end, A, adjusting from Burrow to Browning under center for Cincinnati, or B, doing anything differently to try to entice action on the Bengals to stay in line with what you might normally see in a market such as Ohio? Uh, not really. Again, for the Bengals fans, I mean, now they're going to be getting plus points probably every game, decent dog prices. This is the time for them to invest in their team and get better returns. I have no idea what quality this quarterback is. I didn't even know his name until last week. So again, it's put up the number, take the bets, and we'll see where it all lies at the end of the day. All right, and sticking with the theme of the Burrow injury on more of a macro level as we move into the water cooler segment, guys, we can follow up on last week's water cooler 
segment on ESPN Bet launching. It took all of one NFL game for ESPN Bet to go ahead and refund some wagers due to injury. For some context here, their anchor and personality, Mike Greenberg, promoted a seeing green boost, betting on Burrow and Lamar Jackson to combine for at least 500 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. The payout boosted the odds on that bet from plus 350 to plus 450. And of course, when Burrow left the game late in the first half with what's since been diagnosed as a season-ending injury, that seeing green boost was dead in the water. So ESPN Bet refunded wagers in the form of bonus bets for its customers. Joe, want to kick it over to you first for this one. Do you view this as a harmless olive branch to ESPN Bet's new customers or perhaps ESPN Bet setting more of a dangerous precedent? No, I think the precedent's already been set. You know, it's starting with when points bet when the legal market in the U.S. first opened up with their stupid karma committee, 2Ks, refunds are kind of, you know, they, they've become par for the course for the recreational sports books. I thought it was interesting last night watching the Bad Beats segment after the Monday night football game and Scott Van Pelt, like, First of all, he's there with, what's his name, Stanford, Steve. I don't even know who the hell that guy is. And they're rolling through what they called their bad beats of the week. And they weren't bad beats. They were just like not covers. So they're dramatizing everything for this for effect. I said to my wife who was sitting there with me, I'm like, yeah, it's really horrible that they're doing this because then, I mean, I wonder if they're just going to hype ESPN bet now that they got a brand going through this bullshit. And immediately after I said that, within a second. Scott Van Pelt was like, oh, and by the way, you can do this now at ESPN bet. Go there today and get the book. Like, I, I think ESPN's in a really tough spot here right now in that because they're broadcasting, they're seen as like the purveyor of information. And so they're really at an intersection here between the betting and broadcasting the games and transmitting information, and everything like that. Like Adam was talking about last week, it's, it seems like it's headed for litigation more than it is for a, a winning customer acquisition and growth strategy. And speaking of litigation, Adam, we can expand this a bit beyond the scope of ESPN bet or, or the refund topic. The NFL investigating Cincinnati for not disclosing a Joe Burrow injury prior to last Thursday's game. And Dave Portnoy of Barstool has threatened a class action lawsuit. He was also leading the charge demanding refunds. Ironically, Barstool was ESPN's predecessor when partnering with Penn Entertainment on the sportsbook now known as ESPN Bet. So Adam, a lot of noise out here, and I'm wondering if you can help make sense of it for us. From your perspective, what do you make of all the fallout from the Burrow injury? Uh, again, noise, American culture, sue first, us later. Yeah, I mean, massive precedent from ESPN. Again, are they going to just refund bets every time their people make a bad judgment or a bad uh, odds boost? I mean, odds boost these days from 350 to 450 isn't much of an odds boost either. And 350 was probably not the correct odds. So probably five, 600 was, so they're still robbing them on the 450. I mean, to me, again, I've lived this money back thing for in excess of two decades. Uh, I really thought when the US passed PASPA and et cetera, they'd have more of their own culture built into this, but this has been completely run up, been run over by Europeans. Uh, they've completely brought over you know, what they've done over there into here. There's very much, uh, very little, I should say, of the actual offshore American culture that's been around again for 20, 30 years in the regulated market right now. So again, we'll see what other players can do to get into the space. But right now, you know, money, branding, 
is winning the day out and everybody suddenly expects that every losing bet they have is going to get refunded. So, you know, for me, it's utter madness, but again, you know, it's, it's not new to me either. Also beyond the bend towards litigation, it's also your understanding of what sports betting is about and frankly, what football is about. If anybody plays football at any level past like flag football, you realize that after that first game, playing football is playing hurt. So the fact that Joe Burrow was injured, everybody's injured. All 52 guys that you see on one side of the field, they're all hurt in some way. If they aren't, they're not seeing time on the field. So that's bullshit in the first place. And then Portnoy going on, it will refund the bet. Look, the books didn't have the information either. So this somehow it was an unfair marketplace or anything like that. He's got to stop. And I got to think that if anything came out of this weekend, it was pen interactive, at least saying to themselves, at least we're not in business with that guy anymore. But the other thing is, look, people got to grow up. I think eventually when companies are forced to become profitable, we're going to stop treating betters like they're babies, okay? Like they're children. There's no more participation medals for betting. Look, you either muscle up, man up, and you place your bet and you, and you take a risk because guess what? Hey, Adam, we're taking risks. It's not like we're sitting on the other side of this with no risk in this. We're taking a risk by letting you bet on these things, sometimes with incomplete information. So that's just, that's the deal that we have. And so you either take that on that, hey, if I'm going to take on the possibility of forexing my money on a Joe Burrow parlay, you have to accept the fact that like, well, Joe Burrow has a mediocre offensive line and he's already been hurt so far this year. So if you're laying that money in the first place, well, you've accepted the risk that comes with betting on an NFL quarterback. And just stop this stuff. That's, this is not about perfection. And variance applies to more than just the price and the odds in the market. It applies to injuries as well. I think this has just opened up for a new segment of this podcast of tell us, Joe, what you really think. I mean, that was good. I support everything you were saying. Joe, tell us what you really think. Like, why don't you just grow up? <laughs> no, look. The casual better out there, and, and this is the thing, casual betters, I don't think are really the ones who are doing this, who make the most noise about this. Usually it's the guys, it seems like it's a lot of ex-poker players. I'm probably alienating a whole audience out there by saying that. But a lot of guys who, they're just doing everything they can to find an edge. I mean, betting Twitter is always alight with this stuff. Yeah, I just said, I said last night on Twitter, like, you know, it's got to be a well-balanced referee game if the fans on both sides of it are bitching nonstop on Twitter about how the refs are biased against them. And everybody's looking for the con behind the scene and everything like that. Now, this is very simple. They put these games on, they're played by human beings, not by numbers, not by stat sheets. And sometimes humans get hurt or they're imperfect or they drop a wide open 55 yard touchdown pass. that leads to me almost collapsing from a lack of oxygen to my brain. <laughs> That's just the way the game goes. All right. So for those of you still with us, if we haven't completely pissed you off yet, I've got a couple of thoughts here. Oh, God, Matt, that really hurt. Yeah, come on. It's all good. You know, some people, if they listen because they love it or if they listen because they hate it, either way, if they're listening, we will gladly take it. And that's to build on something that I just heard from you guys. Number one, Joe, you touched on a reference to MVS dropping what could have easily been a game winning touchdown reception for the Chiefs last night against the Eagles in that Super Bowl rematch. And I think that embedding this kind of stuff happens all the time. Dropped passes. The Chiefs also lost a fumble in the red zone. Mahomes threw an interception in the end zone. Drops. 
turnovers, whether it's an interception or a fumble, bad calls. This happens all the time. And I think that both of you kind of touch on a bit of a victim mentality that a lot of betters have. And I think back to the late, great David Malinsky, a legendary sports better would often try to delineate a tough loss versus a bad beat. Tough losses happen all the time. Bad beat, it's a catchy term, but it's really overused in a lot of the mainstream media. Is there anything that we can do? Is there anything even worth pursuing to try to talk people off the ledge when they think that they've experienced this once in a lifetime event that in reality, if you do this long enough, it's going to happen time and time again. And you just have to be able to deal with it and turn the page and live to fight another day. No, the best thing is silence. Just move on. It goes away in a day or an hour or a week or whatever else. And then there'll be another one around the corner. Because again, when you play this much sport, these many leagues, this many games, and again, if you bet on more than one, two, three, you know, 10 things, it's going to happen. It's just part of the game. I mean, imagine if Adam sat around every day and told it up the number of quote bad beats that he experiences on his side of the counter. What would you like have a dozen a day across the whole sports menu? An hour long podcast every day of the week. Exactly. So, you know, Adam's right. This kind of free candy mentality that the Brits brought over with them. It's eventually going to dissipate because the consumer is going to get more demanding. It's going to just translate into different ways. Eventually betters may say like, well, for what I'm paying, I want more. And if the books just stand firm and say, okay, a bet's a bet. I remember saying that when I was a kid, a bet's a bet. We're willing to take a really like a $50,000 bet, but a bet's a bet. Don't come back and say Joe Burrow stubbed his toe and it's unfair. And if we want to look at the other side of the coin there, I had Joe Burrow under 12 and a half rushing yards on Thursday night. He scrambled for seven on the first play of the game. So I wasn't feeling so great. And then when he goes down and I know my bet's a winner, I'm not rushing to give that money back to the book because I think they would have given me a refund had it gone the other way. So I think it's important to remember that while a lot of people might have lost Burrow overs in the game, there were also people who had unders and won. So this can cut both ways. And Adam, building on a point that you just brought up a moment ago, we do have a pretty big slate this Thanksgiving weekend, so this bro injury news might get buried in the headlines sooner rather than later as soon as we get the next wave of bad beat stories. And guys, with everything going on this coming Thanksgiving holiday weekend, let's transition into our look-ahead segment. Again, lots of bettors, not just looking for over-under opportunities in the prop betting market and hoping to dodge landmines with potential injuries, but a lot of bettors beyond that will be looking for CLV with so many games across major pro and college sports, maybe some opportunity to capture some soft numbers as books are trying to keep up with everything. Adam, you've gone on record as stating that you don't really firmly believe in CLV, despite it being frequently invoked across much of the betting media landscape. So how would you counter the notion that you're just bashing CLV because you don't want betters to focus on a strategy that may beat you as a sharp bookmaker? No, I mean, again, CLV gets bandied around. There's a lot of overused words in the business these days. And again, it's a KPI in many list of KPIs. I'm not against it. I've just said, I don't necessarily believe in it. I don't really care in it. Now, a lot of that's maybe because again, literally every bet I've ever placed ends up with CLV because again, generally I'm betting because I either know where the market's going or I'm going to move the market. You know, a lot of it, again, from the other side of the aspect, a lot of these people, you know, say about having the CLV, maybe one or 2%, which is literally one bet, one move. So again, that doesn't necessarily resonate into money. You know, there's two places in particular, one, you know, that I played hard at in the nineties. I'd hate to think 
the percentage CLV that I would have had at this place and I would constantly lose. This place I could just never seem to beat them. I was always sending rather than collecting, but I always had the edge on the closing number. Even in recent years, there's one place that I play uh, some golf stuff and I'm down. I'm like, and again, these lines can move 40, 50 cents in my direction. But again, we're just not winning at that place. So again, I just think it's another topic that people get too wrapped up into in making sure they have this. Again, you know, winning money is part of it. Yes, part of winning the money is being good at what you do. So CLV is potentially something. Again, if you hold five, six, seven percent in the direction, but again, for one, two, three percent CLV just doesn't really mean anything to me at all. And again, it's very easy to get CLV in a lot of places based on the limits, based on, you know, who you are to bet and it's just going to move anyway. Uh, and there's a lot of sports that don't get that drive back the other way, that it moves two or three points one way and, and that's it. So again, if you have CLV on NFL, you know, yes, you're probably a pretty good punter. You're, you're in the right direction. But CLV on UFC or boxing or some of that stuff, again, it really means nothing overall. Yeah, I think that CLV, I've often heard from people who really know what they're doing in this space, understand that CLV, its true value correlates with the efficiency of a market. So if we're talking NFL full game sides, then that might mean more than something with a lot less liquidity and a lot less inherent efficiency. I also think of Spanky's Thanksgiving Q&A episode that he released on Be Better Betters. I was listening to that this morning before he hopped on to record. And he talked about not just getting CLV, but getting enough CLV to overcome the books big. So if you're talking an NFL side where CLV can matter significantly, if you're laying one in a game that closes one and a half, okay, technically you got CLV, but that's not overcoming the VIG to the point that your bet was necessarily plus EV. So a lot to consider here. It's not just getting CLV by one cent and you're a guaranteed winner. Joe, anything to add on the topic of CLV as it relates to Prime Sports and how you might look at customers that get CLV versus customers that win or lose to the book in the long term and how you look to profile your customer base moving forward based on factors like that? No, I, I'll tell you what, our customers haven't been playing with us long enough to really take that into account. We're really more thinking about acquisition phase. How do we cater to everybody rather than trying to think of ways that we can narrow the funnel of people coming to us or how we might, you know, treat them differently. We're more interested right now in meeting as many people that we can ask them like, what do you like to bet on? How do you like to bet? And things like that. Then we are about, you know, how do we distinguish the, the guys who are really able to squeeze CLV or, and other factors. The biggest factor we have is like, how do we deal with people who want to come in and they want to bet large right away? Our public limits are pretty high, but then you get guys who come to us and say like, well, can I bet, you know, I, I want to bet half a million dollars this weekend on college football or whatever. We even, for instance, we had a guy who, uh, he's actually uh, a resident of another state and he registered with us last Wednesday, I believe it was, and then flew to, uh, flew to Cleveland so that he could bet with us legally about a half million dollars worth of bets. And then he turned right around same day and flew back home and waited for things to fall out. And so, which, Hey, that's great. Love people like that. It's a sad statement about the U.S. betting industry that this guy lives in a state where there's plenty of licensed sportsbook brands, but he has to fly 
couple of states away in order to be able to put down a decent sized bet and be treated well. And if he wins a couple of them, not get his account shut down. So that's as far as customer and looking at customers and customer profiling, our customer profiling is about like, Hey, what do you like to bet? How much do you like to bet? And what can we do to make you happy kind of thing and, and allow them to, and the number one way we make people happy is by taking their bet. All right. Well, whatever you like to bet, however much you like to bet, whatever you think of CLV, it's now time to get to work to maximize betting opportunities ahead of Thanksgiving, whichever side of the counter you may find yourself on. So we'll go ahead and wrap things up with that. Want to remind everybody you can register for Prime Sports at primesports.com. You can also download the Prime Sports app and you can follow Prime Sports on Twitter at Prime Sportsbook. Feel free to message us there with any questions or segment ideas. We want to make sure that this show is as valuable as possible to you, the audience. And in addition to following Prime Sports on Twitter, you can follow Joe there at Joe Brennan Jr. You can follow Adam there at Adam Bjorn 2. You can find links to all of the above in the show notes. Last but not least, everybody, thank you for listening. For those of you in the U.S., have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next week right back here on Prime Suspect. You must be 21 or over to play on Prime Sports. Always bet responsibly and within your limits. If you or someone you know have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.